Welcome to the Violin Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Murugala. In today's episode, uh, the third episode of our four-part series on Leopold Hour, we're going to be talking about nuance and the importance of interpretation and phrasing. Now, you're really going to want to listen in on this episode because there are going to be a lot of very important and useful tips on getting your violin artistry to the next level. Now, this is all coming from Leopold Auer's book, Violin Playing As I Teach It. And this book talks a lot about many different things on violin playing in a very easy to understand language. So it's not academic. It's really easy to understand. And part of my job for you in this series is to kind of highlight some important things that I've noticed in this book, in his book, actually. And one of them is nuance. Nuance I left towards the third episode because it bear, it's one of the longest chapters in this book. And for good reason, nuance and interpretation and phrasing, it's all very subjective. You can go to different violin teachers talking about different styles and how to interpret a phrase differently. Bach solo sonatas and partitas are one of those examples that have a lot of nuance, but I'm going to dive into that later on in the episode. So let's talk about the importance of nuance and phrasing and interpretation. You know, once you've perfected your technique, what makes you get into the next level artistry is the musical interpretation. And this is one of the most important topics our talks about. And he writes, monotony is the death of music and nuance is the antidote of monotony. And I'm going to read that again because it's so important. Monotony is the death of music and nuance is the antidote of monotony. So the antidote of monotony is nuance. Nuance is so important because that's what makes the music so impactful and beautiful and usually when you go to a concert you don't i mean you don't just talk about the piece you talk about how someone played the piece in my hometown of chicago um i remember when i attended one of the chicago symphony orchestra concerts when i was a young fellow and i was not just impressed by how they played a symphony but how well the nuanced was was in a Chicago Symphony Hall. And to me, I'll never forget this. When um, when Ricardo Muti was the incoming music director of the Chicago Symphony, there was this big gala that was organized for him. And someone who may have been living in Chicago at the time know this uh, very well, this was in the news, that he actually had to step down from that concert because of an illness, because of the pressure of playing and performing at that first concert inside Chicago Symphony Hall. And I remember that they did not cancel the concert, but we were all kind of wondering why the concert was delayed. And I remember very clearly the soloist was Anne-Sophie Mutter, and there was supposed to be Beethoven 7, but they changed the symphony up and I believe that Anne-Sophie Mutter was playing Beethoven Violin Concerto. And without a conductor present, and that was a telling moment for me as an audience member, that an orchestra at that high of a level can play with such specific nuance. They, were, they had people changing up the music. We were all figuring out, like, hey, what's going on? Which was so impressive. But what was impressive was, again, how they played it. You know, there was no conductor 
but the specific details of the nuance and interpretation from the concert master's chair that was so impressive and inspiring so you know monotony is the lack of variety and interest or tedious repetition and routine so you want to be able to draw the audience's attention every single time you're performing your instrument and that's what the chicago symphony did back in that concert for me and i will always reference that concert to every one every single one of my students to show that you kind of have to be ready for anything at any time and you also have to be ready for the excitement of the moment i'm like okay we're not playing with a conductor you kind of everybody was a little on edge but everybody played so fantastically that uh that time in that concert and to get to the next level of artistry you do need to show your audience the subtleties of your music uh for example the average student uh, they won't find the need to show the difference between a forte and a fortissimo and they won't feel the need to emphasize an accent versus a carrot mark you know a lot of mozart baron writer editions have carrot marks while some other music might have accents so trying to distinguish the difference between both and also combining dynamics with those articulations um, those give your music full of life and full of different colors for the audience to listen to and paying attention to these details gives your music um, the ability to sing and according to leopold Auer. The violin, out of all the instruments in the orchestra, has a lot of flexibility and tone and expression. And we're going to talk about the specifics now in regards to how to achieve nuance in your violin playing. And this is the meat of today's episode. So grab your pencil and paper because we're going to be writing this down. So three things that I want you to take away from nuance in this episode. Number one is dynamics. Number two is timbre. Three is tempo. So let's dive right in. Let's go straight into the dynamics. You know, dynamics are the various degrees of intensity or loudness of musical notes, according to Mr. Auer. And as discussed in the previous episode on tone production, you know, Auer emphasizes the importance of having a good teacher to help describe the difference between the different tones and the different uh, dynamics to and also what different dynamics mean to different composers because sometimes a crescendo diminuendo, for example, in Brahms may mean something different in a different piece or a forte in Beethoven may be different in forte in Tchaikovsky. You know, Tchaikovsky is known for writing triple or quadruple forte in his songs and in his symphonies. So you want to be really picky and have that good teacher to help you identify what the differences are. And of course, again, it's the responsibility of the teacher to help you identify everything. Number two is timbre. And out of the three, I believe that this is the most important one I teach because you're learning how to play with color and tone combined. And uh, having a variety of colors in your playing gets you to the next level of your artistry. So that is, you know, helping you with the nuance. So in addition to the dynamics, having the quality of the sound, whether it's a, a thick tone, whether it's a, a thinner tone, depending on the composer, you want to achieve the composer's goals um, with the specific decisions you're making. And then lastly, tempo and tempo. We've talked about tempo time and time again, but tempo is the most difficult thing to achieve. And the thing about tempo is something allegro may not just be allegro for instance for instance 
it could be allegro moderato or for example andante poco lento e grazioso you know those are tempi but they also describe the nuance of the piece and it's so interesting how those words in the beginning of the piece can actually identify the nuance that the composer wants i find that to be so difficult to teach but so interesting to talk about with my students because you can pack so much information in those words in the beginning so as as i mentioned before like mozart's allegro could be different than an allegro for beethoven allegro for brahms could be different than an allegro for tchaikovsky allegro for clara schumann could be different than allegro for amy beach so discussing the three pillars those are the three that we need to talk about and continue observing in our violin practice and in our performances about nuance and interpretation and phrasing. So dynamics, timbre, and tempo, all of those things combined can help you with achieving your musical goals. All of this to say with the previous three episodes, Leopold Auer actually has specific repertoire that he recommends when discussing all of these things in the previous three episodes um, when it comes to achieving a good nuance of so dynamics, timbre, and tempo. So in the next episode, the last episode, we're going to be adding some practical tools. We're going to try using some recommendations from Leopold Auer in terms of uh, repertoire. So subscribe for the next episode and see you then.